All right, so this week I'm on with Adam Talon, who is better known as Dirty Boy or The Dirty Boy. And uh, I, I got to say, I went out to California in Oakland to do the Norda run with uh, Renegade Running, and you were part of the posse. And, I, you know, every once in a while you have a conversation with someone and it scratches underneath the surface. And it's not just kind of like that small talk. It actually gets into emotional feelings about, like, things that we're passionate about. And I really dug uh, getting a chance to talk to you, so I wanted to have you on the podcast so other people could get a taste of the Dirty Boy. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, too, because I, I listened to your recap of the Oakland trip and the way you described everyone as male models, and I got to, like, slide in there. You know, I'd like to see me more as the personality of the group. I don't think I fall into the abs category. And uh, I, I pretty much have to, you know, have deep conversations to make any sort of way with all those jaw lines. So, yeah. Oh, my was, God. It, it, it was like being around mannequins. <laughs> hey, it was scary for me at first, too. I had a lot of the same feelings you did when I uh, before I met them. And they were just sort of... Uh, like emails and uh, uh, sort of profile pictures I was going to meet one day in the future. And I, I, I didn't yeah. think I was going to like them so much. And I like Adam's intimidating. He's got those like photos of him in the desert and he looks like he's native and just was born from dirt yes. and, you know, was molded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't be, and you expect him to be like a dick, <laughs> but he's not totally totally you know i think uh yeah it's kind of crazy i mean i have a pretty close relationship with him i think he'd be okay you know like at a younger age like he wasn't so rippling you know and he was like moving around mm -hmm. a lot so on top of this like body he got later in life that's like it's insane to even be around as a as a cis straight white guy you know like it's intimidating yeah. but uh he has a great personality for the first 18 years of not having it so you know you kind of yeah, got and that's just sure. And that's just one of the guys that was there. There was like a posse, but um, it, it, yeah. Anyway, all right, we're so doing we got down. Yeah, <laughs> not ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be uh, an hour on Adam's app, but uh, I do want to get back before we get started and kind of talking because, like, what I was really yeah. like fascinated with was your take on creativity. We both come from sort of. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like a general agreement on like kind of how we approach and want to approach creativity mm -hmm. in a way that's something different, not replicating and uh, spitting out the same stuff and, or, or creating somewhat of a stale genre repeat, even yeah. though, you know, we, we, we borrow from our past and skateboarding, but you're a bit of a trail runner and you were a trail runner, like kind of like almost like your friends weren't into it. No. And you were doing it just because, like, why were you doing it? Uh, I think I just always really liked it. Um, I, but this I, is, like, young, right? Young, like, very young. I don't, like, I can't, I can't, like, really pinpoint it, but I always felt better doing it, even at, like, a weirdly young age. I have this uncle that is I'm very close with, probably the closest thing I have to, like, a very real father figure in my life. Uh, he passed away, but he ran two miles every day of his life. And the way he would talk about it, the sort of like spiritual connection he had, even kind of lamenting to me is this like, 
you know, hilarious, like older Chicago Jewish guy, like he would just be like, you know, the day didn't belong, the day belonged to everyone else until I went for my run. And then the day belonged to me right after I went to the run. Everyone needs you over here. Everyone needs this and this. And it didn't really feel like it was my day until I did that. And I don't know. He talked to me about things like that. And he, he didn't, have, he didn't like show me running. We kind of mutually met on it. So maybe there's some sort of genetic thing in there that maybe got trickled down somewhere, but, um, yeah, even like middle school, uh, uh, you know, I'd do these 22 minute runs and, uh, all the kids would get C's if they just walked it. But I think I, I ran it once and got the A and I, I felt weird if I didn't get it knowing that I could. And I was a yeah. at the same time. I was not a high achieving kid, you know, like, but for some reason, like that was your one A. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it was like a weird, like you know, self. Like at least I have self worth in this sort of realm of life. But uh, yeah, I hung out with like skater and punk kids who like wanted to you know rip dust off behind the the handball courts and you know do whatever else. So it was a, a weird time. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's a, that's a maybe that's some of the similarity that I felt like an undercurrent with you. Like mm-hmm. I was not the best student. I was into skateboarding. I was into all that. As a matter of fact, it, it ended up getting me sent away to school in New York from California because mm-hmm. I didn't didn't go to school um, for yeah. a little while. And, or I went, but, you know, skateboarding, really. breaking out yeah. at, at <laughs> noon was more important than uh, history. Yeah. Um, but the – and you're in California too at that time, right? Yeah. I, I've, was, I've been born and raised in LA my whole life or not my, I've lived in San Francisco for a bit, but yeah, I've been here pretty much all of it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that, that kind of, I, it's weird. Cause I, I got a article the other day and it said, or I saw something on Instagram. The guy was like, see students are your entrepreneurs, <laughs> the people who don't want to waste time with the bullshit yeah. and are going to figure out what they want to do and, and spend time doing what they want to do. And back then, for you, for me, it was probably skateboarding and hanging out with our friends. But you added in that layer of trail running, yeah. which I think is interesting because, like, that would have never even crossed my mind. Like, actually do something physical that would, some people would almost see as punishment. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I was really putting it all together so much of the time. But I think looking back on it, it, it becomes a lot clearer in the sense of... uh I think between the skateboarding and I think more a little bit, I, I don't think we've talked about it, but the graffiti a bit, um, I mean, what was always so pure was just like the freedom to, you know, do it at any level. And I think the graffiti thing is you're willing to express yourself to a point of risking jail time or yeah, whatever you're, you want this sort of, it makes it more exciting. It makes it more, <laughs> well, is it, you know, like, is it courageous or brave if there's no consequence to anything you do? And then you ask yourself if that's even an, an important part of it or whatever. But, uh, I think what was cool for me, cause I, I, I think this like leads into maybe more of getting into the creative stuff in my life kind of expanding since then. But, uh, I got to leave at six period if I ran cross country. And so we have, we have the Santa Monica mountains behind my high school. And so, you know, where backbone is and all these trails. So I didn't want to be in school and you got to leave a period early, even though I liked the running. But to me, I was like, I'm out. This is, this is the best. Get a free card. I ditched class all day and, you know, 
drew in uh, black books with there was like a group of us that were kind of like the graffiti kids or I'd go skateboarding with my friends and ditch and but for me I, I I've told people this all the time I feel so lucky because I pretty much do the same things I did when I was 16 <laughs> which was like create all day I mean I do a little less drawing now that I'm doing the video more and then go run at the end of the day which is like what my high school experience was like, which was like, you know, uh, the whole time, college, whatever. It's just like you create in the day and you go get your run is sort of been my. Yeah, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm the, I'm the run in the morning. I know I got it done. And then the creative juices are flowing. As a matter of fact, and I'm guessing you do the same thing. Like, sure. Yeah. It doesn't turn off. Like when you're running uh-huh. and we're getting to your resume here a little bit, but when you're running, it, it, I find that that's where I work out the creative problems I'm having or solve for creative issues. I'm guessing that especially with video, it's such a visual format and a moving format that when you're on that run, you can kind of like think about different angle shots, putting things together and mixing. Is, are you doing that? Uh, yeah, I think to a certain extent. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, like uh, when I'm working, I'm thinking about when I can go get my run in because I'm like, okay, <laughs> the screen's like so bright and painful. And when I'm running, I'm kind of, it's like a much clearer space for me to kind of go into whatever it might be, the drawing, the animation, the storyboard, the treatment, the edit, whatever, you know, it might be. And um, yeah, I mean, I have ideas. I've, it's been years of this, you know, of course, I've got a couple ideas from being out there on the run before, but uh I don't know if I think necessarily in the sense of camera movements and stuff. Like, I'm not the most, uh, like, cinematic, I guess, director in that sense. I've always been more sort of, like, content and character and feeling over, like, a badass gimbal shot. uh, (laughs) You know? Which I guess, it goes into what you were saying, too, of, like, uh, a lot of replicated things are running these days. So, yeah, for me, it's... Yeah, while I'm out there running, I'm trying to think of unique angles. And I think I take that approach to my running as well of like, uh, I don't think I'm very structured like I I have been before in the past or I am learning to explore more just like in art school or when you're younger, you kind of like pick up the fundamentals, you know, like I learned how to run marathons quick and then someone kind of got me into ultras and then then I got injured from skateboarding. So you throw biking in and now I'm you know, going to walk up a hill one day and ride a bike one day. And that's sort of like the way I, and I'm going to go down the weird single track that's overgrown and it doesn't matter how fast I'm going as long as I'm, my heart's beating a bit. And that's sort of the approach, I guess I'll take the creativity to, or what I've seen in creatives I like where they're grabbing from all different places. And, you know, I'll take from my biking sort of the world or ethos of that very strong culture and try and bring that into running or whatever it might be, but just trying to be true. Yeah. So let's, let's like our audience doesn't know right now kind of like your your background so first off you went to school uh, art school in san francisco correct yeah yeah okay you finish up there mm-hmm. and you how soon do you start working for baker oh wow uh took a while if i graduated in i mean it felt like a while now it feels short but uh i guess i started in 2017 or 18 um, okay, so before let's, let's back up then a little bit. What yeah. what were you doing out of art school, if not waiting tables or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, so first thing I did was move back home, and I got a job immediately doing vector illustrations for mobile games. And I was like, I was 
not ecstatic, just I feel like when you're in art school, they tell you how hard it's going to be. And the truth is it is. There's thousands of people who want to like make things all day. It's like a way less exciting version of being like a pro athlete, you know, uh, and way less paid. But uh, at the time it was cool because I, you know, I didn't really have any money at the time. I was just like moving home trying to like start my new life. Before that I was, you know, doing graphic design on the side and like door-to-door sales for people when I was like a younger kid. So I guess like I'm going to do this full time and got this job doing vector illustrations and it paid $80 for each icon I could draw. And so like some of them were super easy. Cranking them out. They take an hour. Some would take like a day, but there'd be some, I'm like hanging out. I'm like hanging out back home at my mom's house. Like she was a elementary school teacher. So she's gone all day. And I'm just like in my briefs, like basically naked drawing these things. And like, what are they talking about? Life is easy. You just go draw, you know, <laughs> like you just <laughs> and you get it and then whatever. And then uh, the company went under. And after that, I like, that was the first time I think like the freelancing thing really kicked in and sort of like figuring that all out. And I started, um, doing background painting for animation, storyboarding. Uh, I then, oh, so when I met a, I started working for Diplo's management company. And my, <laughs> and it's funny, my cousin was working there, I think. And basically this management company, what it would do is we took care of everyone's creative. Uh, it would be Diplo, Riff Raff, Di- like all these. Anybody on the label. Anyone on there, I think it would be like 30 people and people under the management. So we had this, I don't know if you know the meme guy, the fat Jewish, but he was like. Yeah, the, I know him. Yeah, yeah. So my first job. Yeah, I got, what was the champagne? He was always, he was uh, always pushing the. Uh, the rosé. I, I forgot what yeah. you meant, But yeah. But yeah, so my first job in there was uh, we did an animated series where he told stories and I did the background painting because I needed a background painter for it. And so I was kind of just like in the same realm and and the guy I was working on the animation with, he later on became this and he still is and I I still work with him, this rock star live action director, but he was the intern learning After Effects. Oh, wow. You know, and... uh, it's like, I'm like, be open-minded because then you learn after effects and you can put an animatic together and you can convey ideas. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was all over the place. And I guess my final big job there was I was working for a creative agency, uh, that did like Adidas and bigger brands like that. Like we did the, the Nike or the, uh, Adidas, uh, ultra boost back in 2016, 17. And, uh, was that like Wolf Creative or what was it? Uh, it. We were called Times 10 and we did like the Harden okay. shoe. We did like, it would be all over the place. And I think that that taught me a bunch of things. Uh, one that I didn't really want to be in one of these creative agencies that were like pumping <laughs> sort of like the same things. It taught me a lot about the running industry, which I love because at that time I was also probably running the most I'd ever ran in my life. I was one of those like hundred mile weeks in the trails guys and like going to work. So, you know, run before work, run after work. Um, Mm. I I would see these decks that would like come across from these big brands and like they had already had their plan of targeting the communities and who they were going to go to two years in advance. And they knew all the names and the players. And it was just kind of interesting to see how everything moved and worked and, uh, where ideas came from, why they came from them. And it was a weird kind of like peek at how the sausage was made for better or worse. 
That's kind of interesting. It reminds me of when I was a, a, in college, I worked for an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And I, it, before that, I kind of had this romantic view of how paintings got sold. Like an artist would become popular. Mm-hmm. He would sell his paintings and he would, you know, retire on, uh, you know, wads of cash. Yeah. And then I saw that, you know, they, these people scoop up their paintings for cheap, resell yeah. them, and it matches people's couches and drapes. or or it's a tax haven and uh just a great investment for later you know like a great park your money so there's there's good and bad things and all these things you know yeah so your your love of skateboarding comes back around and you end up being an illustrator this is a good this is a good segue to this and i think it's cool because so i'm running like a madman Okay, I'm, I'm in the best shape of my goddamn 26-year-old life. Uh, everything's easy, nothing hurts. Uh, and I tear my, I do something. I think I tear my meniscus. I do, no, I, I think I have a hip mm. problem. So I get suggested to go to this physical therapy place and I go in and it's uh, Paul Rodriguez, Andrew Reynolds, uh, every big skateboarder is just in there getting rubbed down next to me and has some <laughs> So all the Baker guys are going to this same, this, the, the whole place is filled with skateboards inside. Uh, and yeah, all the Baker guys are in there and I'm just, I just become friends with them after just hanging out for a bit, basically. Um, you know, you sit on a, a massage table next to someone long enough and uh, I skateboarded and graffiti and had mutual connections kind of between that and they followed me on the internet and they would see my work I was doing and drawings and design. And one day someone quit at Baker and they were like, Hey, you want to come over? Or I guess it was at Shake Gen at the time. And, uh, it, Baker boys is like a big distribution company. So there's birdhouse in there, which is Tony Hawk's company, Baker, Deathwish, Shake Gen. And it, it, certain people are in house and certain people are outsourced. Uh, but yeah, so it, uh, my life and I think like most people's artistic journey, because I don't really have a linear one, if I didn't become madly obsessed with running and to the point where I got bursitis in my head, I wouldn't have ever gone to the PT place where I would have connected with, you know, the people that made Baker 3, which was like, you know, Baker 3 is like my, you know, holy grail of skateboarding films. It like caused me to throw my life away at, you no. know, at 13 or whatever. And, and that's. That's just crazy that, like, those little things that you can't plan yeah, just kind of pop up and you made the best of it. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, at least when I talk to younger artists these days, I'm like, I never really got a job I applied for that I wanted, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying, like, don't apply for jobs, but a lot of it was just uh, through people who saw Be doing my- stuff. And said, hey, you want to try doing something over here? And then just, you know, hopefully doing well on that project. But yeah, so that's how I ended up at Baker for, I guess it was five years, something like that, four or five years. Yeah. Do you have a signature board that you're like, that's my, that's, that's my peak? I got a couple. I got a, uh, it was, I mean, some are cooler than others. Like second board I got to do there was for Alyssa Steamer, who's like, you know, the only girl in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater one game and to meet her. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple I like a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't pick which one I like the best, but, uh, there's a few, there's a few. And you probably know, I, I feel like, cause you worked in graphic design for a little bit. Yes. Um, I, some, I mean, I still do creative for what we do here and 
Yeah. You know, I still, I, so I started off, um, I actually got scared when I was in art school that I wasn't going to have a future. <laughs> I saw like everybody who's graduating from the art school working at, at restaurants and stuff like that. And I was like, that's not where I want to go. So I ended up getting a double major and getting a degree in psychology too. And I went and got a normal job and I felt like this sucks. And I said, <laughs> if, if I'm going to have to work, might as well be working on something I enjoy doing. I'd rather make less money and enjoy what I'm doing all day than make more money and hate my day. So I ended up quitting and, um, or not, I actually worked my way into a marketing position in a company that blew up. And so then I didn't have a job and I, I went to a t-shirt company and I just started doing, um, I didn't even have very good illustrator skills at the time. Uh -huh. And they just set me down and I was like cranking out artwork all day long. So yeah. I learned it really fast and that yeah. kind of like blew up. And then, like you said, uh, somebody saw my work, got asked if I wanted to start a creative department. They didn't know that I had just been doing t-shirts yeah. and uh, I, I started a, a creative department for an agency. How hard so, could it be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And went on from there, man. Totally. But yeah. It yeah. was a trip. And uh, like you said, we were working for big, big names, big brands. And, it, you know, it's, it's exciting to be able to name drop some stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're not enjoying, again, the work that you're doing or they create, like, they, there's so many walls that get put up along the side of your work that yeah. you kind of end up rebelling against it. Yeah, I would say most of the stuff I did for Adidas and... Uh like the work they were having me do like this very corporate sort of like vector illustration design things for pages and sites and banners and billboards. Like I don't, I don't show anyone any of that stuff, you know? I mean, it's cool to be like, yeah, I'm working on the new ultra boost, yeah. but still getting paid like pretty terrible there. And like your, your mm -hmm. name never really allowed to be put on anything either because they don't want people stealing their artists and whatever else. So yeah, I like the Wild West, you know? I like being out here yeah. floating in the distance. And th that was kind of the thing. Like, so we started talking about the aesthetic of running. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, I'm not, I'm, not the, I'm not a track guy. I didn't grow up doing cross country. I kind of came into running later. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I loved about skateboarding when I was a kid was the culture. Mm -hmm. Was, you know, you instantly knew, at least when I started skating... If I saw someone with a pair of slip-on vans and, you know, there was a certain uniform that you saw and you say, hey, all right, this is my people. And I feel like running is starting to get a culture where I feel like it used to be owned by, um, it was owned by like people who graduated from track in college and maybe like Brooks and, you know, Nike and, you know, the, the companies that made apparel for running, it was like neon, five-inch short, you know, boxy shirt. There wasn't a lot, of, a lot of choices. And now you've worked with some of the brands that are kind of breaking out of that mold a little bit, but it's definitely in the area that we're, I find I'm most drawn to as far as expressing myself as a runner. And I, I think that there are different reasons people run, pace, time achievement, whatever. But there's also like a, a tribal part of it that, you know, like when you meet another runner, you have 
you know what the, it doesn't matter if you, you where you are you know there's kind of just a a quick understanding or, or a familiarity mm-hmm. so you and i started talking about that and i was like damn you got some strong opinions why don't you do your own thing and i loved your answer <laughs> but but like let's talk a little bit about that like where do you think running is right now with like as far as design culture clothing all that kind of stuff yeah i'm gonna need a couple more of those 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 modello chiladas are terrible (laughs) boy did they help uh no uh where do i think everything's at uh if i remember what we were talking about where i left it i was saying we're kind of at the beginning of that like i think we're seeing some brands pop out that are trying to do different things and to me it feels very uh like it's a it's a cool start, but I think it's very much just the start, and it's categorizing things a little too easy for my personal taste right now of like where you fall into, and uh, I what I'm excited for is what, explain that a little bit. Uh, like what are the all, categories? So like I feel like I. Oh, okay. I gotta. I have to uh, dance my words here pretty good um, at the same time. Uh, I like wouldn't be said, afraid. You're not gonna. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see the people who write me the checks for working with them. Um, no, but, <laughs> no. I think everything is like my whole thing is find what what you're drawn to and be very honest with yourself. Um, if you are gravitating towards that, like, you know, sort of niche satisfied Norda sore, um, you know, there's something that's a choice. Like, I guess your fashion is a choice and just being very intentional on why you think you're doing that. And for me, who's like worked with them, there's like really cool things that are there and things that, uh, are not my personal choice. And what I'm excited for is. Uh, I really hope people see these brands and see like the possibilities and I would love to see more people throw their hat in the ring um, and just see their take on it uh, to be honest with you. But there's kind of like, like we all know the satisfied Norda guy, like that is a archetype of the runner now. And to me, you know, I, I was talking with, I'll just say other people in the space. And when you're making for like my job, when you're, trying to make creative around it, you know that that audience, or at least you think that audience is going to uh, at least perceive themselves with a bit higher taste level in art and culture. And you're hoping they're going to be more intentional with the thought. And then there's like a couple levels below that where maybe they're like the younger kid who doesn't identify with ASICs yet, but satisfy and this Paris thing is like a little too out of control. And so you fall somewhere like right in the middle of it. And, um, Bandit. <laughs> Bandit. Yeah. Bandit. Maybe, a, I, you know, I'll let you say the names, but like, that's what I'm saying of like, it's more being young, looking cool. And then I just, I, I feel like, I feel like when I work and there's a side of me that's like it, so I can't like deny it. But like when you work with the Nordic Satisfy, it's like, oh, I like the cool music and I know the good art and I read the right books and uh, I run the... the yeah, the turn, you listen to Turnstile. Art, <laughs> you know? But yeah, but, uh, you know, and I, and I kind of like, for me, I try and stay away from like the nose pointiness of it all. And I'm in like a very privileged place of working with them where I haven't had to spend the money on buying the stuff. 
And uh, I'll never deny these companies. I'm like, they're expensive, you know? Like, I can't tell you to buy something that expensive. But at the same time, the Sassify shorts are the nicest shorts I've ever ran in. You know, I, I try and keep it very objective. And like, I love my Satisfy shorts. I don't even think of it like yeah. a expression thing. They just make a fucking awesome pair of shorts. I, I get that. But here's the thing that I like about it. And we, and we kind of talked about uh, <laughs> there. This is very open to if you don't want to spend the money. Yeah. You can replicate a lot on your own uh, of the ethos behind say like a satisfy yeah uh, garment it's a cotton tee cut off the things find a cotton tee you like cut off the sleeves do what it, what you want and you can have maybe not nobody's gonna go oh you spent 120 for that shirt who cares but <laughs> you know yeah but you can yeah. you can adopt like i feel like that style is accessible and it reminds me a little bit of, like skateboarding and when I was a kid, like yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have the money for the jeans I wanted. So I got some bleach and, you know, made them went to town on my own jeans. Yeah. yeah. But that's and like you, cool you, digging, you know, that's like where the magic is and the digging of it where, um, you know, to a certain degree, you take that away from the consumer when you do the digging for them. But you can still celebrate that maybe a satisfied did it. But if you don't have 150 bucks telling you i think we all own like some really cool cotton t-shirts we got from a, a thrift store or even from back in the day i own from some skateboarding company that still fit me and they run great you know like as a as a guy who's been running since you know about 10 years old i'm telling you a cotton t-shirt this these moisture wicking whatever like a lot of this stuff just works you know and that's like a and really it doesn't stink as much after yeah for a for wear exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I own I mean, the I nice do, stuff I too. Do, I both, you know, yeah. I use both. Yeah. It, it's curation, and that's the thing. Like even in skateboarding, like a or, or any sport, things come and go. Like baggy mm -hmm. pants, you know, bands, then Jordans, then you know whatever. It, but the everybody plays on something. Yeah, it's the people that play that drive the movement forward. It's true. Yes, I uh, I agree with you on that. It's 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 like really weird to watch things change in real time. Uh, like uh, the it, it's weird. Even I feel like running is cool now. You know, uh, it was never cool. It wasn't cool ten years ago. <laughs> like it wasn't cool eight years ago when I was like getting into this. You know, like I'm over here watching the fucking Ginger Runner, like a guy I'd never like. You know, like. That's not like my, but I'm like, fucking, that's all you got. So you just make do with what it is, you know? And now, now it's like, it's like influency. It's, there's sexy people doing it. There's, you might see the workaholic yeah. guy at the fucking event, you know, like, uh, it's, it's weird and hard to navigate. And that also pushes fashion and you get these people who see themselves as like, uh, more, uh, aesthetic driven, uh, and that being more normalized. So not to not to put you on the uh, hot seat here, but and you probably won't answer the question because I don't think you'll believe in it. But where where do you see the trends going in in running right now? Like with the ability to express yourself, like what do you think is going to be the next kind of like aesthetic? The next aesthetic? Oh man, 
the, it's or like identification because I think there's run crews, there's you dude, know, it's so well, it's so vast, right? Um, because like what's happening in trail running, like I run with these, like you know, the good vibes people out here, maybe you've heard of them, or like the big like marathon run crews in the city. Well, I'll just say they're like the run crews that are they're giant, um, and but they like don't even know about a Nordy yet because they just run marathons all the time. And then me and you are very familiar, especially when you traveled all these trail races, you can even travel to Europe, you can go wherever. And they're like, well, Nord is the hottest thing ever. And so, uh, I mean, I could approach it from like a lot of different angles. Um, but I do think, I don't know, like I think people like this sort of like in between realm that like band and cla are in and i i would like to see something new um personally uh no like shade at anything on that realm um but it's funny i said to you i was like okay you clearly have uh, an opinion yeah. and you have an aesthetic and you've worked in the industry mm -hmm. on both helping some of these companies build their brand yeah like i think it would be super easy for you to say i can make a, a brand that I would love to run in. And I know that I could create everything around it, website, graphics, video work. You you're, you basically could art direct a, a brand and, and I, I think it would be successful. And I was like, okay, so why don't you do it? And your answer was like, no. <laughs> uh, there's two sides to that because I don't want to tell people what is cool to run in, you know? Like, I think that's like the first thing. And it's like, I know what I really like as a creative. So when Norda asked me to do a project, I'm pulling from things that are exciting to me at the time that are getting me pumped up. And I'm trying to do it from a voice, a POV that is purely mine and not one that is a amalgamation of like, well, I kind of like CLA and how their photos and video look. And I kind of like... Uh, whatever, like name a company, you know, like uh, I'm trying to just live my life and find things outside of it as far as uh, music, art, culture, my friends, just funny things that are happening, conversations that I might have, uh, like it could come from anywhere, you know, new technology that I'm seeing coming from the music video side of like the things I work in, like different things in animation that like these guys are doing for video games, like so for me in the question, and I think what we were kind of talking about at Renegade was um, uh, I wouldn't want to start a brand because I want runners, especially this very sacred activity to me, to be as much of themselves as possible. And all these things I'm saying about all of these brands, there is no right or wrong in any of this stuff. I just want people to be conscious on the choices they're making. And that comes down to... Why do you think this sock is good? What does this sock say about you? Does it even matter? You know, and then also not caring is another choice at the same time, which sometimes I'm in there too. So as long as you're as corny as it sounds, as long as you're being yourself, then you're adding something beautiful to running. Whereas if you start, I think we all see like you get in a group, everyone wears the same stuff at the same group. We, we only run, it's like the runner who only runs marathons and it's like, I don't touch trails. Like, why don't you try trails today? Like, oh, I don't touch satisfied. It's too expensive and nose tippy. If you get a pair of shorts, you might like them, you know, or at the same time, I can't afford it. Get this. So 
I wouldn't want to be in a position of running a brand to be like, this is what running should look like. This is what I think. And even if I were to do that, I would want it to feel more niche of like, I guess a great way of describing it um, is we throw in an uh, unsanctioned trail race series here. Um, we do like an unsanctioned hundred miler and we do all these things. And uh, my whole thing is I made it because I don't really like any of the races that are happening, but my whole thing is very hands off on like, you're going out there to kind of have your own experience. Like we're just kind of setting up a table for you to try some trails you've never tried, get lost in the woods, learn about orienteering, learn about yourself a little bit, but it has nothing to do. Like I just, these trail races, I'm tired of getting a hammer nutrition code at the end and a fucking pair of socks. You're not getting any of that, but we're also charging you only 20 bucks for a race, which you're not going to get anywhere else. So I would like people to take agency, I guess is my thing and autonomy. I would love to see more autonomy. All right. Yeah. So I get that, but I think it would also be interesting if you curated I think that's what a, you thought was cool. I mean, I feel like underhandedly that's a little bit what I do, but like in a way that feels way better to me where I get Adam calling me up or someone, a certain brand or whatever, who's like, Hey, we want to do this, this, or this. And then I get to be behind the scenes and it's like a one time sort of like, Okay, or maybe a recurring thing, you know? And that feels at a good place for me because um, I, feel, I feel free, detached, but also the cool thing about working with the Nord is they want to try cool new things. They want the same way they want to make a great shoe, which I, I know these people, they're, they truly want to make the best shoe. Um, they want to make great creative too. And instead of being like, well, let's copy whatever. They trust someone like an Adam, a brand manager, to be like, all right, well, I'm going to go pull from these sources of the back corners of the creative field. And, uh, and, and we, we, we keep bringing up Adam. So Adam um, it worked with Satisfy. He actually wrote the, wasn't there um, the Possessed magazine or something? Yeah. And I, I believe he was the one like behind some of the writing of that. He did. He and did. now, he now, now he, what's that? He no longer works for them, but he did. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. now he's, now he's with Norda. Uh -huh. And so he's, he's the one that he calls you up and says, Hey, we want to do something to promote this. On that side. Yes. On, on that how much, work. How, how much direction do, do you typically get from a brand like get Norda? from them? Uh, Little to none. I mean, honestly, uh, they, I think Adam will have an idea of maybe the people he likes and maybe a location he's interested in. Um, but besides that, uh, like, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but we're going to release the, uh, the spring summer campaign. I think it is. Uh, in two weeks. I think it's on the 17th or 18th. The teasers are going to drop next week though. And uh, like even that, like my idea behind it, I feel like I can talk a little inside baseball here, you know. Uh, my idea around yeah, it ahead. was we went to this beautiful place in Spain, um, went to a beautiful location. And uh, my whole thing was, I feel like a lot of these shoots and videos rely completely heavily on finding these locations. 
And so I kind of wanted to poke at that sort of idea, especially seeing what my friends are doing in music videos and things like that. So I composited kind of these fantastical lands that it starts like the, the Spanish plate, you know, of like the mountainside, but I'm building this sort of fantastical world using AI and tracking and masking. And, uh, because I'm like, it doesn't matter where you are, man. You know, like the, you should try and conveal, convey the running. My biggest thing in film and running is it very rarely feels what it feels like to run an ultra, you know, like no matter how much they're sweating, like how many slow-mo shots of their quads pounding down Mount Blanc, like it very rarely conveys to the viewer that actual pain or heightened sensation. So, uh, trying to lean more into the ethereal side of feeling was what I tried to get across in this. And I guess you guys will see it in a week or two and you can let me know if that happened or not. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Maybe I'll get, maybe you'll let me get a preview. <laughs> but, but with that yeah. said, yeah, you that know, awesome. like, uh, and there's lots of creatives who are doing it, you know, there's lots of, there's a really cool wave of directors, designers and things like that that are coming just like these brands. Um, and we're seeing videos not all look like the same, the same story of I ran a race and it was hard and then my crew helped me and there was this violin music played in the background and you know I, I grew up on that shit but at the same time it's like I think I mean that was so watching really bad space you know huh yeah. do you, I mean I remember I mean there was such a hunger for that kind of content at one point yeah. like yeah. Solomon had that one series they did a really great series of trail running it was and bad. Diana Frost and all those people. Yeah, they went and to that. And the problem is that it kind of created, that created the genre. Yeah, it, it did. And, uh, but there were some good stories in there. Like, I'm not here to, it, I'm happy it happened, but I'm, again, like, excited to see what's going to come now. Because we have these younger kids who, like me, like, I grew up on it. I know all the stories. I know all the names. I know all the things, you know, like, I've been a huge fan of this sport forever. I'm excited to see what's next now and to see a different take on it and kind of this uh, changing of the guards, the wrong word, but you know, a lot of these companies still work with the same people because they phone in the same stuff and it works. And Norda, these certain companies are taking risks and that's badass for people in my position. But I, what I was saying is like, I'm explaining this idea of the Spain thing because I would love other filmmakers things of like, wrap your brain around like a concept that's like original and passionate to you. Not like I saw this film. I want to try and make it like this. Cause I think this is the level that it should be at. Like find a th whether you like the patterns or textures of the nature and you want to create like a cool collage or what you want to do a more of a detailed exploration of what it means to be at an aid station, like the corners of the stickiness of the cup or the, or the perspective of the girlfriend crying in the car because she wants to go, like, I don't know, like, there's a lot of, like, fun things to explore. And instead of thinking so, like, superficially aesthetic, um, you know, f try and wrap your head around that. And I immediately got an image of the girlfriend crying in the car. <laughs> you know, either, like, whatever, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just, like, trying to say uh, uh, the good idea wins in my mind. And you can tell people who are putting... Uh, great ideas out there right now. Uh, yeah. But to a little, to, to talk about it a little bit, what you're talking about is kind of like a poetry thing. It's like, uh, you know, you're saying, okay, explore this emotion, explore this, the sticky cup, all that stuff that doesn't, that is not things. Those aren't things that come naturally 
mm-hmm. to a lot of people. And that's why I do think that we see, and, and I think even when, for myself, when I get lazy with stuff, mm-hmm. you fall back to what you know works. Yeah. But it, not everybody can, can like, I think what you ha- are talking about is a unique, a unique vision or skill that mm-hmm. you've developed that isn't necessarily, I, I don't think everybody's a good st- storyteller. I don't think everybody is, uh, sees, you know, space the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, like some of the things you're talking about are really hard to grasp for, uh, like when you're talking to someone who's not that way, like say you're talking to uh, Norda and you're like, Hey, I, this is my vision for it. Mm-hmm. Some companies are going to be like, I trust you do just do whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'll take a look at it when you're done. Other ones are going to be like, I have no effing idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've done that work too, you know, like, and I'm not saying like every job needs to be like this because I'm also, yeah paying, um, paying my bills. I am living a life as a solid adult. So you take the jobs and I have like a crew I work with that. Like, I know like they also have bills they need to pay too, and trying to bring more people on that. And like a great example is last year I had a contract with ultra. I think we did five videos with them and like a bunch of different profiles and cut downs and they were not, you know, like the first one was kind of fun and they wanted to trust someone. They saw the satisfy film I did that was like all DV and like really raw, like intentionally pretty raw. Um, and yeah, they had fun on this. We did another speed project video, the race from LA to Vegas. And, uh, then they put a contract up for five videos and a bunch of management changed over there at VF and a, you know, creative director who didn't really know what to do and publicly traded company. And they're like, Hey, let's just focus on the shoes and, you know, the trees and the nature and <laughs> let's, let's do that. So like, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying we never make things like that, but you look for the opportunities to carve out what you can. And, you know, I, I can speak the other languages if I need to. I, I think it's a missed opportunity on their part. Um, but it's not my giant. It is, it is, but if you, you also have, you, if you, if you look at their audience, their mm-hmm. audience is m- much, uh, would, I would say, um, I, I, I don't want to, I'll probably insult I somebody. If I, it's just, yeah. you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I won't even say, <laughs> yeah, I'll just say, I don't know what their audience is, which is the hardest part for them. And I, I hope, I, you know, that's their job to figure and maybe out. That's, yeah. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe they don't know. Yeah, and I or, I or or don't have a target that they're going after. Yeah, and uh, again, I uh, I loved Ultra Shoes. I wore the Lone Peak for about six years straight, you know. And I guess that's like always what it comes down to for me as well as like, regardless of all this like aesthetic and what it like does it really say that much about me if I choose to run in ultras? You know, like I have some pairs I fucking love, you know. And like, it's also a superficial way of like distilling down a person or a practice. So, you know, coming back to it of all these things, you know, find what works for you. And, uh, even if it's not the cool thing, you know, like you don't have to force yourself into some vapor flies 
for your marathon if like your toes are bleeding and you like you know like why don't you just find a different carbon plated shoe that's maybe a little less crazy and whatever but i guess some people want to you know get their olympic trials qualified you gotta have kipchoge yeah yeah you gotta gotta have your kipchoge yeah 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 but uh, most of let's regular folk right you know yeah okay let's i think we could wrap this in a bit too of like what's cool about norda and satisfy they're marketing to the regular folk they don't even like i guess they have like an elite runner or two but like it really is about just like people like me and you who are interested love running who love running and but on top of that love I, i guess life outside of that as well um yeah and yeah, I think we'll see more like that because I, I feel like these in these stories, like I, I've told and I've seen and I've worked, you know, it's like I've, lo- I've watched Western states via I run Forest Twitter for a decade and a half. <laughs> and like, I know I can't run as fast as these people. I know some of these people. Keely Henninger dropped me on her shakeout run three days before Western states. Like, you know, like I just can't even relate to that sort of speed, you know. I mean, that's, I will say one of the coolest things is I'm excited to see Courtney DeWalter uh, take, it, take on Mont Blanc. But the, um, we, when she's one of those people that makes uh-huh. running fun for everybody. Like when we went on a run with her, uh-huh. I'm, na- I'm name dropping a little bit here. Um, yeah. When we went on a run with her, she ran with everybody. Like she didn't like run up front and be like, I'm the pro here. She like was up front, ran to the back hung out with the people in the back, came to the middle packers. Like she was all over the place. And I was just like, oh, I love, I love, she could have the biggest ego. Yeah. She's basically the Michael Jordan of trail running right now. And she's, you know, just chilling, just having a good time, enjoying people, being out on the trail. Yeah. It's cool. She's someone who has that that style. Yeah. But exactly like, even that, you know, like, of course, these companies swoop them up and throw every logo in the world on them. It's just the name of the game. But, you know, she's been committed to those long shorts forever, you know, and I, I don't think she's like pulling the thing besides like, I really like these. And, you know, first, you're like passionate about things growing up, and then you find what you really like. And then that translates to your running and you stay in long shorts, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and that's like true aesthetic that you can like look to. And, and it's yeah. always weird at first, you know, like I'm sure, I'm sure they were like, who's the weird girl in the shorts. And now it's badass, you know, they, you they, the they definitely were. I, I remember, I remember seeing her early on and I'm like, what, who is that? What are they doing there? Got yeah. basketball shorts on? Yeah. You know, and you're like, what, what is going on? Exactly. Um, and the person yeah. that's um, or doing photos for them and Solomon right now, this girl, Courtney White, like her photos are fucking I, I, I follow her stuff. Yeah, they're awesome, and she's clearly, you know, in the same realm, like, interested in many things in life, lives a full life, and isn't just, like, so running all the time that her work reflects that, and you feel more life in them. Yeah. So, shouts out to her being a rad creative, and just putting her with a Courtney is cool to see sort of a more personal expose on who this person is that we just see run by in the long shorts. Um, yeah, she but, did a nice, uh, nice job with uh, Shalane Flanagan as well when she yeah. was doing the um, multiple marathons. So let, let me let, we're going to probably wrap up here soon, but I want to give um, I want to get to the the nomenclature of Dirty Boy and <laughs> how did how did we get the nickname the Dirty Boy? 
yeah, I like I like uh, it's a weird one to talk about. Um, it's a graffiti thing. <laughs> it's a it's a graffiti thing. Uh, it's a it, so it was your tag. Than, there's more than one dirty boy. There's multiple, and uh, yeah, so. I, I guess I've been a graffiti crew since about the age of, I don't know, 15. That's like still a functioning thing for the most part. You know, some people more than others, but still exists. And when Instagram came on at 2012, I just picked the name, The Dirty Boy, and I just stuck with it. I kind of wish I could change it, but uh, it can be embarrassing in certain settings, but uh, I'm down. I feel like people get it too. It's good in like the trail world, you know. It's less in like more like corporate settings or like other jobs where they're like, Can we see your work? And I'm like, It's the dirty boy and they're like, What the fuck does that mean? you know? <laughs> uh, but I think I'm just kinda leaning into it at this point. I mean, yeah, you just it, it, it can be like it's taking on its own uh meaning, so you don't have to, you know yeah. literally, you know, be the dirty boy. Totally. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't think I'll change it anytime soon. And uh, there is a level, I don't know, I don't, I mean, I think I said my name, or you said my name at the beginning. There's like a level of anonymity that I enjoy and I think maybe came from the graffiti thing. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it says my name anywhere on my Instagram or anything like that, you know? And uh, I don't know, I like keeping things a little bit more secret, which is like a little bit more old school. I think in well, I'm I'm sorry I said your name in the beginning. Oh uh, no, no, it's it's cool. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything too crazy yeah. these days. Maybe here and there, but uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a different approach to I think how everything is very attention driven these days, including in the running spaces and things like that. Um, so I, I like to tr- at least try to stay a little bit low profile and keep things a little closer to the chest or certain aspects of my life. But yeah. All right, Rad. So this has been a lot of fun. I hope that you enjoyed having this conversation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, I, I'm not really like, it's funny. I do a lot of social stuff, but yeah. I'm not super good at social stuff. Yeah. And I really enjoyed uh, spending time talking to you at the uh, party and the post run and i was like okay i like this he's not giving me answers that i think usually people kind of talk to you the way i think they think you want to hear an answer and i felt like we had like an honest conversation and it was fun so i i I just uh appreciate it i thought it would be great to have you on the podcast hopefully people enjoy this as much as i did um i really appreciate you coming on sweet i mean i appreciate you having me and uh I mean, you rocked it. You're the social butterfly there, whether it was at dinner or at uh, the event, but maybe it was the Modelo, <laughs> which I'm kind of the same way. You know, people think I'm a social guy, but I spend a lot of time alone in this house, you know, going on runs and working. So, yeah, yeah it was nice to connect with you. Yeah, my fa- fa- face was falling off that day, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just happy to not like, be around man, hot guys. It's hard to be know? social. Yeah, I had to come down with the normies, you know. I can't be around jawlines all day. I need, I need just some regular folks to talk to. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing just having these talks. 